Moral Hangover podcast. I'm your host, Katie Dombrowski, and I'm here with my producer, Victoria Bruno. You guys, the holidays are in full swing, and I am gagging at the thought of it. Oh my God, what what happened this time? All right, as we know, you know, people use the holidays to swoop in. They really do. So with Thanksgiving a few weeks ago, I had some boys who I don't really talk to on a regular basis decide to take this time to reach out to me to say happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. I appreciate it. Kind of slightly weird, but okay. Use everything to use. But then they use it as a way to restart the conversation. So then it turns into this one guy's like, oh, we're talking about your mom at Thanksgiving because our moms went to college together. And I'm like, this is just weird. I even sometimes, I'm not going to lie, even sometimes I think it's weird when like girlfriends send me happy Thanksgiving. I understand Merry Christmas, but sometimes I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. What do you feel about it? No, I'm very iffy on it because originally, like, I wasn't going to text any friends, like, happy Thanksgiving, but then I started getting some texts, and I was like, oh, like, I guess I, I did it just to do it to some yeah. people, but I mean, I guess it's it's meaningful to do it for, like, friends that you're like, I'm thankful for you because it is a holiday that you're thankful, but, like, boys sliding in or, like, people out of nowhere, I'm like, what is saying happy Thanksgiving mean anything? Like I even got a text from someone who I used to work with a few years ago. And I was like, what is texting me? Happy Thanksgiving. I haven't heard from you in probably like two years. And you're going to text me happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) It's weird. It's weird vibes. Unless you're dating that person or unless we talk on a regular basis, do not decide to out of the blue text me happy Thanksgiving because you know what? I'm not thankful for you. I'm just not. I'm clearly not, and you're clearly using this as a way to swoop in, which brings me to this crazy moment in my life two years ago when a friend of mine, her grandmother died. So the good friend that I am, I sent her an edible arrangement. Her brother somehow gets my number. Her brother is like five years older than us, and I'm like a junior in college, I think, at this time. So he gets my number and he says, you're so sweet. Thank you so much for sending the edible arrangement. That was so nice of you. It's a really hard time with my grandmother's passing. And then the next text comes in. I'd love to take you out. Like you are literally using the death of your grandmother as a way to ask me out. That has to be in some way, some way, shape or form. Read the room. That is Read not that is not the moment. This is not in. the time. Your your grandmother is freshly in the coffin and you're literally trying to take me on a date. What? Like what? Where do people get this stuff? I think the only time it's acceptable to randomly swoop in back into someone's life in the one opportunity you get a year is their birthday. And that's it. I thought you were gonna say Christmas. I think Christmas is that time. No, Merry Christmas. It's Jesus's birthday. Like (laughs) it's not my birthday. I don't know. Why do you think Christmas? I don't know. I feel like with Christmas cards, like you send Christmas cards to people you don't talk to on a daily basis just to be like, I'm thinking I love you in my life, even though like we're not talking every day. Like I still value you. I don't know. I just, I don't think Christmas is that frowned upon to say Merry Christmas to someone. If you are friendly with them, if it's out of the blue and you're just like trying to hit, it's still weird. But if you're friendly with them, I think it's fine. Okay, no, you're right. After you said Christmas card, because I'm like, that's such a tradition for people to send Christmas cards, holiday cards. It's like a thinking of you time. Okay, I'm yeah. sold. So yeah, if any boys listening and wants to send me a Merry Christmas text, I will respond. But um, <laughs> I don't, don't try to take it much further from there because it's not going to work. Also, well, you have to know what holiday they celebrate. You can't be texting someone who doesn't celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas, and using it to swoop in. 
That's just embarrassing. It's a good happy holidays. That's the that's happy the holidays. Happy holidays. Go the PC route. You can't piss anyone off if you go the PC route. Yeah, and then you say it like in between Christmas and New Year's, so like you know everyone celebrates New Year's. True, and they're trying to get their New Year's kiss. They're hopefully <laughs> both got COVID tested before you get that New Year's kiss. <laughs> Anyway, diving into the holidays, this YouTuber has been doing Vlogmas, and I have been obsessively watching her videos. If you don't know her, I had the pleasure of interviewing Brooke Michio. I'm almost positive that's how you pronounce her last name, guys. I'm horrible at pronouncing people's last names. We all know this. She is a YouTuber. She is an influencer. She also has a podcast. She's the host of Gals on the Go. She recently just moved to New York, and I have been fangirling over her New York life. Fangirling. Like the other day she went to get Botox um, and then she got acupuncture. I'm like, this just looks so fabulous. I know. I'm obsessed with her. Katie's been killing it this season. I mean, this is our first guest episode of season two, but Katie's been killing it at finding guests for season two. And she is just like the best first guest to start with. We're so thrilled. And I actually knew her from a previous internship we had. We met filming something for like a social media team. So super excited that it comes full circle and that we have the opportunity to have her. Brooke is definitely one to watch. She has incredible YouTube videos. I get sucked into them every single time, every single time. And it's so weird because like I, like I know her, we just talked to her and I still love her YouTube videos. I can't help myself. Like she got the Dyson Airwrap. She just redid her room and got a neon sign. It's creepy how much I know about her life from watching these YouTubes. All right. So everyone also, if you don't follow The Moral Hangover, follow us at The Moral Hangover Podcast. I'm Katie at Katie underscore Dombrowski. Vic is at Vic Bruno underscore. And follow Brooke if you haven't already. Follow her, give her a little browse, and listen to this interview and enjoy. So sit back, relax, and here is Brooke Michio. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited because we have our first guest of season two. She is an influencer, a YouTuber. She's also a fellow podcaster. She is the host of Gals on the Go. Everyone welcome, Brooke Michio. Hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so Thanks sweet. so much for coming on. We're so excited. You have no idea. I'm excited too. And we actually know each other, which is so ironic, I guess. Here we yes. are, two podcasters now. Well, let's dive into it. So we actually met at our internship, which was almost three years ago, which seems, I feel so old to say that out loud right now. I know, two and a half years now, right? Because it was yes. going into our senior years of college. Um Wow. At this, yeah, I, I guess that one, I can't believe how long ago it was because we worked in different departments. So we didn't like really know each other like super well, but I would always see you around and stuff. And, now yes, and then we worked on that one live stream together. And that's when I really like yeah. talked to you and had a conversation with you. There was this word on the street, like during the internship that I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, do you know Brooke? And I never put two and two together that you were like this huge influencer. So <laughs> I'm so happy now that I'm finally having you come onto the pod. Like this is huge. To get Brooke on, I was emailing her and then I had one of my friends who I work with. I was like, can you just text her and like see if she'll come on? Cause like we really want her. No, it, well, you were so sweet for that. I'm so sorry. I'm the worst with emails and I get like a lot for podcast guest inquiry and I try to like batch schedule them um, just because it's like a lot of talking about myself. So I like to like mentally prepare myself and like I'll do them all in a day. Trust me, I get it. You're in high demand. You do a lot of stuff. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm realizing more now and now, like, I feel like I'm giving myself more credit. Like it used to be like, nah, it's fine. And now I'm like, I actually like do a lot. So like, thank you. I appreciate it. You do so much. <laughs> like, so you did a YouTube video today and you were talking about how you do influencing. You do um, the videos, you do the podcast. I don't even know how you make time for the three of those combined. Thank like, you. Well, yeah. I mean, 
I'm big on the calendar when it comes to, especially when it's stuff with other people, you know? So if it's me like podcasting, same deal. Um, like I have a co-host, so we have to, you know, sync up our schedules. And if we have guests on, we have to sync up our schedules with the guest. So it has to be very like coordinated. Um, and then my videos and stuff, I just really try to stay ahead. That's my biggest thing. I'm like, I never want to fall behind or be like barely meeting deadlines. Like I want to be in advance of the deadlines. Like I was always that way, even with school stuff too. I, I, I never really was like a night before it's due type of person. Like I always gave myself ample time. See, that's where a little different. I kind of like the drama of waiting till the last minute. Cause it's like, am I going to get it done? Am I not going to get it done? Who knows? <laughs> I, I get it. It's exciting to do it. And like, I, it's like, it stimulates like your brain and you're like more challenged to do it that way. Like a lot of people do operate that way, but after like years and years of like, it, it just, I, I used to be like that, I guess. But now that I yeah. work myself, like the pressure's all on me. I'm like, I, I gotta be, cover all my bases, you know? Totally makes sense. 100%. I need to know what is like your best organization tip? Because oh you're someone who has such a busy schedule. So I love hearing what people's are. I guess there's two things. Number one is the calendar, all digital. Um, and then Google calendar. Two, I use like the Apple calendar. I think it's the same okay. as Google. I just like it because it's built into your phone and stuff already. If you have mm -hmm. like an iPhone, like Mac, whatever. Um, and then I use just like, I'm just a big list person. You know, if I'm listing out like my videos for the rest of November, like I like to make the list and then like highlight them as I have like things that are due. I was even that way in school. Like I would list out all my assignments and like highlight them as they were finished. And it's really, it's satisfying because you have the checklist element, but you also mm -hmm. are keeping track of like all the projects you've actually completed, which is cool. It's like such a good feeling checking something off the list. That's my yes. favorite thing. Like in my nine, if I'm like scratch that off and never see that again, see ya. It's great. I want to ask you though about like COVID. So how have you been doing with the whole quarantine? Because I know you just moved to New York. Mm -hmm. So you were in Boston, then you moved to New York. How are you just doing COVID in general with everything going on? Yeah, well, I moved among the pandemic, which was just strange. Like it was definitely weird and weird timing and everything. But besides that, it's just been chill. Like, I guess that's the word for me. Like I've been really for more than half of it, I was at home with my parents on Long Island. Um, and I just learned how to like take life at kind of like a slower pace, I guess, and realize that I don't always, like my podcast is called Gals on the Go. I was always consistently like traveling, doing things like this, like visiting people, planning trips and whatnot. And I've just learned how to like live a slower life. And now I like love it. I'm like scared to travel again, honestly. So I, th I think for me, it's been a learning experience in a good way, but I know that's weird because it's like a pandemic, but I'm just trying to like take the good out of it, you know? No, I think it's such a learning experience for everyone because you're alone with yourself more than ever. Mm -hmm. Or you're with people that you're normally not with. Like I live at home, so I'm with my parents 24-7 now. And I think this is the most time I've spent with them, I think, since I was like a child. Really? Well, I guess, yeah, because yeah, college and stuff, you're like away. Yeah, it, it really has brought a lot of us like in our generation, I think, closer with our parents. If you did, most people, I think, even if you lived somewhere else, went home for at least a few months. I know like in depths of quarantine, like March to like whenever, I feel like everyone was like, I need to be with my parents. Like that was a big thing. Oh, totally. So what has been the most embarrassing thing you've done during quarantine? Like what's like a recent development of something weird you do during quarantine? Oh my gosh. Can I say like, be, well, becoming obsessed with TikTok is definitely that. I don't think it's the weirdest thing. Like I think everybody's on TikTok now, mm -hmm. but becoming like maybe too heavily involved in like the TikTok drama, like TikTok room. Yes. Like, this is you. Yes. This is so up your alley. Vic's always like, did you see this guy who's dating this girl? I'm like, I don't know who these two people are, but okay. I find it so interesting. No, I'm invested. It's not that weird. Like some people are like, oh, that's so embarrassing and cringy for you. I'm like, okay, let's do the ages here. We're 23. Are you guys 23? Mm -hmm. I just turned 24, but yeah. Same oh, thing. okay. So same age, whatever. 23, 24, 22. 
these people are like, most of them are like 19 or 20. <laughs> They're not much younger than us. Like if you really think about it, like, yeah, that's like, a little bit younger, but we're within five years of these people. Like it's not yeah. that weird. So it's very entertaining. It's like celebrity gossip, but like a little bit of like the college and high school drama of it all too. So I find it extremely entertaining. Um, just keeping up with all of that and like seeing what are the new developments. Um, and I feel like they were keeping us stacked with drama, even in like the depths of quarantine. So that was fun. Oh, definitely. Do you ever try to like relate back to, so like all the little dating drama that's going on and like, you know, some of them are only 15, 16 years old. And I'm like, Oh my God, thinking back to like high school, you like what you would think in this situation. And like, there are significant others. Like they think this is like their whole world right now. And it's not. I know. Bad though, because it's documented like to the whole world. So people, mm-hmm. and then like the comments and stuff, I'm just like, it's really sad, toxic. Like it's, I mean, here, here I am being part of it though, because I'm like invested too. <laughs> I would never like Definitely. comment and involve, you know, like these, the people who are a little bit younger, like I guess like Charlie is like what, 16? Like that is young. Like these are like, those are like developmental mm-hmm. years, you know? Once you turn 18, I feel like it's like, all right, welcome to the real world. But I don't know. <laughs> No, exactly. No, definitely. And especially when we were growing up, like we didn't, I mean, Instagram was a thing and so was Snapchat, but it wasn't as huge as it is now. Like people mm-hmm. were definitely putting things out there, but not to the extent that it is now. So I feel like if we oh. had a breakup or we had drama with a relationship, maybe we'd post like a little quote and be subtle, but now <laughs> it's all out in the open. Oh yeah. Cause it's like, you remove yourself from like the pictures, like you delete the pictures, like it's a whole bit. And like, it's so evident or you could even tell cause you'll be like, Oh, they haven't posted with that person in a minute. Like it's so easy to figure that stuff out. Wait, we need to talk about the pictures thing because this is a personal topic that I need to get someone else's opinion on. What do you think if someone has pictures of their ex still on their Instagram? I think it's fine. I think that means it was an amicable breakup actually. I, that's okay. what I would think. Unless I, why do you think something else? And now it's just, it's an ongoing topic that just keeps coming back into my life that I just always have to, I don't know, I just have to evaluate what it means. Yeah. No, I, that makes sense. Cause then you're out there like comparing yourself. I think guys think less of it than girls. I know some guys who are like immature AF and like would delete pictures and stuff, but I feel like half the guys are like, I don't even like, ch- they don't check like who's following, you know, they're not. Yeah. Like- Vic, what do you think? Yeah. I think it depends on the pictures that are left up. True. Like if, if it's like the normal pictures, like, you know, their prom picture, certain days, but if you're keeping up like the pictures of you guys like kissing or very yeah, like, affectionate, that. like delete some. So it really depends the amount of pictures. If also, it's just if, a you're, few. if you're posting pictures of you kissing, that's just gross in general. I always judge <laughs> people who do that. It's almost too much. It's like, can you just keep it to yourself? I know. I feel that. I do feel that. <laughs> and then it's like, who took the picture? Like, first of all, who know, took the picture and how awkward did they feel during and how many takes of this picture did you have? I have so many questions like that too. I've never actually took a photo of somebody else kissing. Like I feel weird. Maybe a kiss on the cheek, but even that I'm like, just smile, you know, just smile. Cause then you're on the cheek and it's like wet with your slobber because you're there for like two minutes trying to get this. Picture. I know. <laughs> I'm like grossed out just even thinking about it. Yeah, I feel the same, actually. <laughs> Do you ever talk about your dating life on your podcast? Yeah, I talk about it. I have gone back and forth in my mind of, like, how much I want to share about it. So that's, like, a reoccurring kind of, like, battle. But I'll just share, like, little stories. You know, I never want to, like, expose, like, the guys or whatever that I'm talking to. And I've, like, 
kind of already done the thing of like showing people who used to be in my life like in my videos and stuff that was like last year's battle and that didn't end well so we're not going to do that probably ever again at least until like I'm in like a very serious committed thing where I like know the person has good intentions but I'll talk about it yeah I'll tell funny stories or tips or whatever like things that I learned along the way because I think my experience is funny I always have like funny stories to tell but it will never be like this guy's name was Anthony and he was really, <laughs> uh, like cool you know what I mean it doesn't yeah that detailed. what about you guys do you talk about that stuff I just basically expose my dating life and I think I need to try and because it's awkward because people we know will listen to this. So when that happens, obviously people who know me or know of me and know who I hang out with via Instagram, they can piece together who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So I think with this season, I'm going to try and hold back. But Vic has a long-term boyfriend that we talk about all the time. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, we've we've been dating for a while. But Katie and I are like an open book. And at one point we were like recording an intro. I was like, we need to like take a step back, kind of create like a mystery around it. Yeah, I know people who do like aliases and stuff. Like, there's never been a, like a, if I have you know a funny story to tell or something, I'll just be like, oh, this guy. I don't create the the names or whatever. Not no shade against that. Yeah, I feel like I try to do the perfect balance now of like talking about it, but not exposing like the guys too. Yeah, I, like, also like want people to like not be scared of dating me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. want it to be like this girl's gonna like talk about me on her podcast. Like, no one, they're not gonna want to date me. Guys don't like yeah. that. I mean, not that I'm trying to like appease myself, trying to do what guys want to do, but I get that. It's like kind of disrespectful. That's so. what boys say to me. So I'm kind of like a serial dater. Before COVID started getting like bad, so when things started about opening back up, I was like going yeah. on dates actively. And two of the guys, when they knew that I had a podcast, they said to me, oh, is this going to be on your podcast? And I'm like, first of all, you think you're that special? And two, possibly, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, it, depends. <laughs> it depends on how this goes and how you treat me. So I don't know. I get that. Yeah. I always get that question. Well, people will be like, what's your podcast about? And I'm like, uh, lifestyle-y stuff. And they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, really what's going on in my, uh, week? Like, <laughs> yeah. And it changes. Sometimes it's dating. Sometimes it's health. Sometimes it's job stuff. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's just what's prevalent that week. Like in the most recent weeks, I really haven't been dating as much just because I got busy with work stuff. And I was like, you know, I'd rather be working like after we get off the like we're recording this in the evening and afterwards I'll probably be doing more work rather than like getting ready and going on a date which there's nothing wrong with that I did that maybe a month ago but my Mm -hmm. life has different priorities at different points so definitely okay so bring us back to a month ago so what was your dating life like were you seeing like multiple people or was it like one person it was one person for a little bit I I use dating apps um I think are you on Raya or Raya I am on Raya I'm also can you suggest me on it please yeah, you. I think you could list me as a referral, and I could list. Oh you. my god, fuck yes! Okay, we've been trying to get me on it for so long. It's really terrible. I really oh, don't. Okay, it's my least favorite. <laughs> I haven't found any success with it. I've never gone on a Raya date, um, and I've had it since college. So that's the tea on Raya. But um, there's this new one. Are you Jewish? No, but I will be. I'll convert. I've dated Jewish people before. There's a new one called. I have a referral link for this one too. It's called Locks Club, and it's it's a, it's not like Jewish exclusive, but it's like supposed to be like I guess like Jewish people are Jewish people like people were open to dating Jewish people but it's like Raya for that isn't that kind of funny I it's love like, it it's like get in. sign me up it's very it's really good like I haven't gone on any dates from that but I just got that a few weeks ago so that's been fun um but anyways dating apps yeah since I moved to the city really I went on how many three dates with three different guys since I've been here like one guy was the most consistent it was like we hung out for like a month, month and a half, maybe like, you know, on and off. Some weeks we saw each other three times, some it was one, some it was none. And I actually ended it because 
he was like mostly looking for just a hookup and I'm really not about that right now. I'm mm-hmm. like anti-hookup culture right That's now. That's how I am. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's so frustrating at this age. Because I think that's all that boys want. And I'm like, all right, I will do this as long as you make me your girlfriend. But then you seem crazy. So it's tough. Oh, trust me. I pull the psycho card out way too often. (laughs) It comes out when I drink. When I drink, the psycho card just flown like a red flag. It's, I get it though. I get it. But I was just really like open. I like sent a text. And this is my new MO for 2020, 2021. I'm just going to be honest. Like I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to do this whole like dance around the subject and I was just like hey I think we're looking for different things right now like whatever and he was like you deserve more than that like have, have a nice life basically and that's like how we ended it like mutual yeah um, that's, that's that's very mature like I just want honesty you know what I mean I don't really want like I'm not gonna try to like beg someone to date me like if you're not if you're not looking for that right now or you don't like me enough on to the next yeah 100% my hairdresser yesterday I got my hair done so it was perfect timing for this interview oh and God. he was talking about some person who like recently rejected him and he I guess the person who rejected him said you're too much and he goes I'd rather be too much than not enough and he was like that's the energy I'm bringing into this year and it kind that. of aligns with that like take it or leave it you know what I mean? Like, if yep. you're here for me, you're here for me. If you're not, you're not. And that's okay. And life goes on. I think you just have to know what you want and define it and, like, be strong. And I feel like a lot of people at 23 aren't. And they're willing to make those. And I, I did it, too. Like, last year, I was like, I really, really, really like this person. And he was like, I am i don't want to date you. And I was like, I like, I couldn't wrap my mind around. He's like, I want to hang out all the time. But like, I can't date you. And I was like, why? Like, literally, why? It just didn't make sense to me. And I was like, he just didn't like me enough, which is a sad reality. And it's like the sad truth, but like, it was a lesson learned. And now moving forward, I'm carrying that energy of being like, I'm not going to beg you to be in my life. Yeah. The thing that bothers me most about that situation is I don't understand how someone wants to hang out with someone 24 seven, because I feel like, I mean, you know, you're so busy. It's like when you're making time for someone, you have to really, really like that person to carve them into your schedule. So if they're not feeling the same thing, it's like, well, why the heck are we hanging out then? That's how I feel. Yeah. I'm like, I would just much rather be alone than be in a situation that isn't fulfilling me. You know, you probably too. Like I would much rather be working or watching TV or with my friends or doing something that's productive and like beneficial for me than like in a situation that's either not going anywhere or that I'm, I'm not a hundred percent in, they're not a hundred percent in like, what's the point? Definitely. I mean, it brings me back to the TikTok topic of how toxic it is, how people make those videos of like, oh, on my way to see the guy who ignores me. Oh my gosh, it's bad. I know. They're it's so really- funny though. They're actually hilarious. I laugh at them all the time because I think we've all seen ourselves in situations before. Totally. Oh, totally. It's, I mean, that not that like what you send your friends? That's what I send my friends. Like, oh yeah. Relatable. And they're funny and stuff, but it's sad because it's normalizing being treated like garbage. I mean, we've all been there, like you said. But I think hopefully this year has been like a wake up call for a lot of people. And I think it has. Oh, definitely. I think, I mean, especially like I've been with my thoughts more than I ever have. And I'm like, okay, well, we're going to work on ourselves. Like this is a year for like working on ourselves, which I want to dive into everything that you do, because I basically want to call you an entrepreneur because that's what it is at this point. You have like basically a whole brand of (laughs) yourself that you're running and it's so impressive. So how did you get your start on YouTube? Because you've been on YouTube for almost 10 years now. Yeah. Um, well, technically longer, but it's because I had an older channel and that channel was literally, I got a laptop at like an extremely young age. Like my parents got me a computer. I was like, please get me a computer. And I like, it was a PC. I taught myself how to edit. Um, and I like recruited, I found YouTube. I like recruited my friends and I was like, we're going to make like skits 
and like little music videos um, of us like lip syncing to certain songs and I would like put them together and that was middle school basically and then middle school was like coming to an end we were going to high school everyone's like this kind of weird now and I was like totally agree uh deleted the channel and then um I went a few months like of a break I was like all right but I really miss YouTube like it was so fun for me like my friends were in the videos but I was like the production manager like I was in the background like okay take five like I, I was obsessed <laughs> with it no I mean it's kind of strange I guess but it's come full circle so um at least I had a hobby I'm thankful for that and then I started a channel in ninth grade like halfway through ninth grade to do like beauty and fashion stuff I mean it made no sense because I really was not an expert in either of those subjects but I saw other people do it, other girls our age at the time doing it and I was like I can do that and it took me a while to for it to pick up but then around like 11th, 12th grade, it started to, and I've just been doing it since then. And now I'm like a year and a half out of college and it's my full-time job. So. It's so impressive. I mean, Victoria Congrats. has a similar story to you. Victoria was doing the music video skits. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I love doing YouTube. That was like, I think it was like, I know I was younger than 13 because people said to like my mom, you can't be on YouTube if you're under 13. Like she's going to get killed on the computer. So they were concerned about me. Turned out just fine. But that was the same thing. I like stopped doing it. I never got into it. So I really like admire the fact that like you're in it and you're killing it because I feel like along the way, like people kind of sleep on YouTube a bit as a revenue source, as something to watch. Like I prefer YouTube over Netflix sometimes. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm positive on like a YouTube video on my TV right here because I was watching that in the background rather than Netflix. Well, thank you for saying that. And I think in the past like few years, it's become way more like mainstream. Like I feel like in mm -hmm. the back in the day, it was like, you might've had a few friends that watch YouTube, but it wasn't like a huge thing. No one really talked about it. But then yeah. in the most recent like three, four years, it's so popularized. Like I almost don't know anyone who doesn't watch a YouTuber, you know? Oh yeah. And especially with product reviews, like I'm a big beauty junkie. So anytime I want to buy something, I'm going to YouTube. I'm saying, okay, whatever the product is and a review for them. Or I love watching vlogs. It's like my guilty pleasure to have vlogs on while I'm like going about my day, like cleaning my room or something. So I don't know. I mean, it's just, I feel like connected to that personality, whoever that person is. I feel the same. Yeah. It's once you get into it, it's like an addiction in a weird way. <laughs> Who are some of your favorite YouTubers that aren't your friends? I know that's where I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Cause I watch like all of my friends obviously cause I'd like to keep up with what's all going on. I mean, she's still my friend, but my friend Remy Cruz does vlogs and hers are like, I watch like right away. Like I'm like drop everything like, oh, she uploaded. And she's also my friend, but she, another one that I watch all the time, Molly, Molly Bailey, Molly Ann, I think Molly Bailey fit. I don't know. She's like a two channels. And she lives in Boston, so we were like friends in Boston, but she does like really just two great vloggers right there, I guess. But then if we're going to talk like bigger YouTubers, like recently, basic, but I've been loving Emma Chamberlain. I just, like she puts me in yes. a fantastic mood. I'm like, I know I'm like, I can't really relate, but at the same time, I feel like we kind of can relate, you know, because she's a relatable character or whatever. Um, but her videos are so great. I'm, I'm obsessed with her house. I mean, who isn't? I haven't watched any of hers, but I know she's so trending. I see her everywhere. And I haven't gotten into hers yet. Like I've been really obsessed with Delaney Childs and Juge Havens recently, yeah. mainly because Juge, her name, her real name is Julia, but her husband is so hot. So I love watching their videos together. I'm like, oh, this is great. Like I'm going to pretend this is my life. Like I love them. I watch Julia's sometimes. I don't, I haven't watched Delaney Childs yet, but Danielle, the girl who I do my podcast with is obsessed with both of them. So I'm definitely interested in checking them out. Yeah. I find it hard sometimes to watch people who like, it's funny because I think there's two different sides of like the watching like family bloggers or like people 
who are like in relationships or whatever, I don't really like watching those because I'm like, I can't relate. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And it's so far. Like, I see what you mean where you're like, oh, this is so great. Like one day, haha. But for me, I'm like, I don't have a kid. Like not that they have kids, but other yeah. people, you know, like mommy bloggers, like people are obsessed with them. Yes, like the Ace family, which is about to get canceled because do you see these TikToks of how, um, I don't know the dad's name, but basically he just like screams at his wife all the time. Yeah, I've heard about that. I've never actually watched their videos, but I've heard like they're controversial. Yes, definitely. Like I had friends in college who were obsessed with watching them and their family. I'm like, I don't know. I, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me, but whoever it's for, good for them. Um, so let's dive into the podcast. So you just mentioned Danielle, who's your co-host. Yes. How did you get started with that? Because I mean, you have your hands full with YouTube. How were you like, okay, let me just add one more thing to the list. Yeah. Well, at the time YouTube wasn't as big of a, it was a priority of mine. Like I was doing videos and all that stuff. And like, yeah, YouTube was a source of income for me, but it was not like nearly what it is today. Um, I was definitely still at like, I don't know, like my viewership was just less, I guess, not in a bad way, but it just less of a priority, I guess we'll say that. Um, so I definitely had the like capability of doing it. And so Danielle and I have been friends for a while through social media and we had traveled together. We'd met each other's families. Like we've been friends for like genuinely friends for like seven, eight years. And then she ended up coming to Georgia too. And we went to school together for a year. So I'm two years older. So I was a junior. She was a freshman. We finished that year. And then going back to school, um, I had brought up the idea of doing a podcast with her. I was like, hey, we should like start a project together. What about a podcast? Like I heard they're really popular. This was 2018. So they weren't like really a thing yet. They existed, but they weren't as mainstream as they are now. Um, so I think it was a lot of timing for us. Like we got in at the right time. We had like kind of a story because it was like the two of us. It wasn't just like a, the Brooke show or something. It was like, hey, we're two best friends. And like, we're going to do this podcast together. And it was just really natural. And we would like go to her apartment every week at school because I was a senior and she was a sophomore. And we recorded um, every week while we were at school. Like if we were going on break, we'd like pre-record, stuff like that. And then we knew we wanted to continue, of course, after I graduated, we just like needed to figure out the logistics of it all. And we were able to, and we record virtually now. Hopefully she'll be in New York one day um, after college or something, but it's been really easy, actually. That's good. Because I, I mean, that's kind of similar to Victoria and I's story. Like we have become best friends through a mutual friend of ours. She likes to say we met through work, but we, I think we met through a mutual friend. It's fine. But we've gotten so close through the podcast. So my biggest question to you is like, how do you maintain that friendship while having a business? Because I mean, Victoria and I are very like-minded with how we make decisions and whatnot, but it definitely like, I never want to have a Sophia Alex situation. And I feel like that happens sometimes with friends who get in business together. So what's like your philosophy of how you and Danielle work together? It's a really good question. Um, We are the same. We mostly agree. And we know like when the other person's right, you know, like we're both better at different things. Like I think for me, it's like a lot of like the like guest work and like getting all of like that stuff. But Danielle's way more like creative. So when it comes to like the, like the social media or like stuff like that, um, we kind of like have our roles down, like pretty clearly defined. It's not like super defined where it's like, I do this, you do this, but it's just like, now we have the business kind of in a flow. Like she's better at the merch stuff than I am on like, whatever you say is fashionable. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> I do care, of course. Like I want to look good, but I trust her opinion more than my own on yeah, that yeah. stuff. And I think we know like where to give and take. And there's definitely times when it's like, uh, like I don't a hundred percent agree with this, but like, I know it's the right decision because like compromise is good and healthy. I think when it comes to like friends first work time, like we are so bad at like separating that stuff. Cause I'll just like text her with work stuff at like 10 in the morning. But then I'll be like, but how are you? Like, you know, how's life? like <laughs> I do that exact same thing to Victoria. I blow Victoria's phone up and send her like 500 texts about the podcast in one sitting. And then I'm like, Oh yeah. How's, how was your anniversary by the way? <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I mean, as long as like, 
you both get it and you know it's not like oh I'm being rude it's just like hey that's how my brain works and like you expect it back like I give and I take because she used to be more of the it's so funny like how times change too like she used to be more of the like all right like time to work time to like grind think of ideas whatever now since I'm doing it full-time and she's still in college like I have way more time so I'm kind of not that I'm contributing more by any means but I am like hey wake up like I have stuff for us today you know yeah so how do you come up with content? Because I think with podcasting and there's so much competition in the market, like how do you come up with new and fresh ideas? Like where, who do you look for for inspiration of content? I listen to a lot of podcasts and I watch a lot of YouTube. So if I think of good ideas, I like be sure to write them down or like put my own spin on it. Like, or I'll text her and we can kind of like brainstorm back and forth or we'll, we FaceTime all the time too. So like we will just like be on a FaceTime and it doesn't have to be like, in our schedule, like 9am brainstorm, but like, we'll just be chatting and be like, Oh, by the way, like I thought of this idea and then like go through stuff back and forth. So I think it's like being aware of industry trends for sure. Uh, Being aware of like, yeah, what everybody else is doing, but then listening to your audience. I think that's a really big thing. We're really like big into hearing what our audience wants to hear. And we keep track of like what episodes perform better. Similar to YouTube. It's, you know, if this episode is like off the charts doing so well, why? Like, obviously people like the title or like the content there. So I loved your episode with Audrey Peters because I love following her on TikTok. I find her to be hilarious. She on TikTok is one of those people who says what everyone else is thinking, but no one wants to say. And I love her videos of, is she going to go home with you based on the watch you're wearing? Or like, so funny. five things you basically need to know about this guy. Let's go. And it's so accurate every single time. It's, yeah, she's the best. And she's just like that in real life too, which is, I, I love that when people are like so consistent on the internet and in real life, it's like really refreshing to me. It's so refreshing. I mean, we've had, most of the people we've interviewed have been the same as they are um, online on Instagram. Yeah, I guess online is how they are. Like, but we had this couple, Alex and Mike, and they were to a T exactly who they are. Like even in stories, like everything was just exactly how they were. And it was, I don't know. I just loved it. I felt like I knew them from their stories. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just such a I don't know. I feel like I was already friends with that person when they came. Yeah, no, it's cute. It's, it's cool when it's like that. I mean, for most vloggers and stuff like that, I would assume it is just because it's hard to like, like what, every time you have a camera on, you're on like, no, I'm just natural, you know, at this point. And I feel like for podcasters and stuff like that, it's like that too. It's not like time to record, got to hype up. It's like, just be you. (laughs) Definitely. How do you go about like having your face in the camera all the time? No. Like, how did you get comfortable with it? Because I mean, that's something I personally struggle with. Like even making stories, I'm like, this is so cringe. But like, we think yeah. it's cringe, like personally. And then other people are like, oh my God, I love this story. Like, but how do you do it? Um, I've just gotten over it. And honestly, I go with the mentality of like, you've looked worse. And I know that's like so terrible. and like not confident of me to say, but especially when I like, I'm not looking my best. Obviously if I like put makeup on, put a cute outfit on, I don't care. But like today I was vlogging and I'm like, I'm in a sweatshirt and blue light glasses. And I'm like sitting in front of my computer all day. I'm not getting ready. Like and my skin's not great right now, so I didn't want to put on makeup today. And I'm just honest about it. I'm like, hey, you know, this is, it is what it is. I hold the camera a little further away. And, <laughs> um, but I think we're in this culture now of YouTube and stuff like that, where it is a little more, like, it's not as full glam 24-7 at least. Like, so I, that's what makes me feel better. I'm like, I'm watching other vlogs of people who don't have makeup on and they're in, you know, sweats and stuff too. Maybe COVID kind of had something to do with that, I guess, because people are less like doing stuff all the time. Like, you know, I'm ready. I have a photo shoot. Like I'm ready. I'm filming 80 videos today. It's like, we're a little more relaxed. So I've just gotten over it. But yeah, it's definitely cringe. I mean, people hate listening to their own voice, like on stories. I know that's a big thing. People are like, or people even feel cringe, like talking to a camera. And like, I think that's just something you get over like years and years of practice, truly. 
Yeah. Like I recorded a story before you came on and I was like, wow, my voice is so high. Like it's always when you're hearing a batch, you're just like, oh my God, it sounds an octave higher. Like, what is this? I know I get it. If you, but if you sit and deeply analyze anything for long enough, it will be cringe. You know, like I can do with my videos and I'll rewatch and be like, Oh God, like, I don't like the way I like my mouth positioning at this point or something like no one else is going to notice that. Like, that's so annoying. Definitely. So I want to dive into your Instagram because we didn't touch on it, but I know it's a big revenue stream for you. So how have you gotten brand collapse? Like how did that start happening for you? Yeah, this was like a high school thing. So I was, I've been on Instagram for a while. Like, so I, I've been, whatever. Um, and in and the- I have so many friends of mine that follow you, which is like really? hilarious to me. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Oh my gosh. Tell them thank you for me. Um, and I feel like Instagram is really great because I, I, I agree. Like you could be more real. I love stories. Stories are my favorite thing. In feed, I could really care less about, but I guess you have to do it. Like that's like the thing, you know, when people, I hate the idea that like people are like looking at my Instagram being like this girl. And I'm like, I need to make sure I look good in these pictures. Like I stress myself out about it, but I shouldn't. I feel like everyone overanalyzes their Instagram. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. It's like Especially sad, at nighttime, though. like before bed, do you ever just like scroll through your Instagram? This happens to me like once every few months. And yeah. I'm like, this is my feed. I was like, this is an embarrassment. Like, I don't know. Oh, totally. And you overthink it. And then you wake up in the next morning and you're like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. It's like, for me, it's like once a month, I'm like, I want to start over. Like I hate everything on here, but then I'm like, "Eh, that sounds like a lot. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, I guess like this is just working with a manager in general. So I did it all myself. I was like getting all my own emails and things like that and trying to figure out sponsorships on my own. And then I started working with like a manager, um, my sophomore year of college and I left him because that was like a really bad experience but now I have a new management team as of last year and I just signed with an agency so I have like a lot congrats that's huge thank you yeah so I have a lot of help I guess I should say with that stuff so I don't have to deal with the contract stuff like the legalities of it all which is really nice but I will like I'm on all the emails and stuff though so if an email comes in and it's like a brand and they you know say what the campaign is and it doesn't match I'm like no like toss it away like absolutely not Um, so I still have like full control, which is really nice, but it's been, it's been really great having the help, but I think it's so possible to do it by yourself. Um, I know it gets confusing with like rates and people are like, what do I charge? Like that it's weird. There's like websites and tools. There's one called social blue book that can tell you like rates for stuff. I think that's like, they can give you YouTube rates and Instagram rates. You like connect your account because it's a weird world. Like how much do I charge for something on my Instagram page? and followers and all that stuff because people pay for followers it's all like a weird space oh we get it we actually we did merch and we sent it out to all these influencers and we were basing it off of what their follower ratio was and we found out through it that half of these people had no return on investment because they bought all their followers Mm -hmm. and then you're just like I mean, it was a learning experience. Like we're happy we did it because now we know, but I think people, there's such a misconception that people see these numbers and they're like, oh my God, this person's so famous. They have all these followers and they don't realize half of them are bought or it's fake. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or people are just blindly following them or like, and not keeping up with their stuff, which is even worse, which is why it's important to look at like their engagement, like how many likes and comments from legitimate people, not from robots they're getting on their pictures. Um, or even like, if you want to get more nitty gritty, like how many story views they're getting. Cause that's like an active engaged follower. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah, I know yeah. personally, I only watch the stories of the people who I really keep up with. So it's, 
fact. <laughs> exactly. Because they move to the front of the thing. That's my favorite thing on Instagram is that the stories that I'm obsessed with, which is like Jude Havens, always is at the front. I'm like, yes, I can see what she's doing. I can see what she's wearing. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorite features. Um, I want to shift gears and talk about how you left your corporate job. I think so many people that are in your space and in your industry, they work for a little bit, like doing corporate. And they're like, okay, I can make more doing this freelance stuff. So what was that shift for you? Because you did take a job and I think you took a job and you could have probably like supported yourself without it. So yeah, what was like, what went through your mind with that whole situation? Yeah. So similar to you guys, I was like graduating college. I mean, isn't it kind of just like the pressure of the world on you when you like have to get a job after college? And like, it's like an unspoken pressure. Like no one's actually like time to get a job, but it's like, okay, I'm graduating college. Like I probably should start you know, looking for a job, like, and like a good job at that. Like there's such exactly. a pressure to get a job, like a fortune 500 that has a name that everyone knows. Exactly. Cause if you work for like mom and pop bake shop, people are like, what do you mean? Like, that's where we are working. Like it's unfortunate, but like, at least at my school it was like that too. It was, maybe it was because I was friends with a lot of people that had really impressive majors, like finance and all that stuff. I felt like everyone was like, oh, investment banking and I like accounting. And I was like, uh, like, what do I do? Like freaking yeah. out. Um, Honestly, at the time, I, it's not that I could have supported myself, but I, my stuff was really still growing. Like we weren't really making much money off of our podcast. Like my YouTube was not nearly what it is. So like, I kind of did need a job and I didn't really have like a life path at that point. Like I was graduating from college. I went to school in Georgia. I was like, where should I move? Like, I didn't know what city to move to. I didn't know like who I would live with. I didn't know like where I would make my, like, I I just felt kind of like lost, but my job kind of gave me a path. So I worked for this like large tech company and did sales in Boston. So it gave me a city to move to, kind of gave me like a circle of friends because um, everyone else had just graduated too. And just like gave me like a plan for like a, a year. You know what I mean? Like even going into it, I was like, if this is a bust, like it's just a year, you know, it's just a year of my life, like whatever it is. And I started working and honestly, like everything took off like a month or two into me working. I did not expect it at all, but like my videos just started doing really well. The podcast was growing and financially like things took off, but also just like opportunity wise. And then I started passing up opportunities because I was like, I can't have to work. I work eight to five plus the commute. So I was, you know, waking up at like five in the morning. It was ridiculous. The job was not for me. It's, I'm not going to be like, Oh, it sucked, but it just wasn't, it wasn't a fit for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I ended up leaving very quick. Like it was really, it was I worked from June to like middle end of September and then I left. And honestly, my life has been great ever since. So I can't complain. <laughs> I mean, you're literally living the dream. I think every person who starts a business of any sort, creative or not creative, they're like, okay, the end goal is to be self-employed. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. And I think it is like, it's great. And it's, I mean, being self-employed is amazing, but there are a lot of benefits to having an employer. Like it is very much so like, set hours for the most part unless you're like working insane hours but like you have your set hours like you have 401k you have like health insurance you know these things that I've never thought about before I'm like an adult now and I'm like I have to think about these you know I'm on my, my parents health insurance but like at 26 when I'm kicked off I either have to pay for them or like I don't know get married or something because what am I gonna do I had to like set up my own 401k like Roth IRA stuff like I got a financial advisor because I was like tell me like I need to plan for my future you know I can't just be like doing me and have no money in the bank for when I'm like 65 you know yeah so it was a lot to think about so a lot more goes into it I think than you know it's all well and good to be like just quit your job and like live your dreams but I tell people like take a beat and like it's okay if it takes a second. And since quitting your job, how has it been like trying to make friends? Because I feel like having a job makes it so much easier to make friends because everyone's kind of in the same situation. So 
once you went completely freelance, how did you go about like making friends or like maintaining whatever relationships you previously had from your old job? Yeah. I really made it a priority to like keep seeing people from my old job. I mean, like in reality, like I definitely kept some of those friendships and a lot of those people actually ended up moving to New York. So I'm friends with like some of them still. Um, but I went out of my way to kind of be friends with people who were friends of friends. Um, I, I hung out more with like social media friends that I could see during the day because like we weren't, you know, in an office, but like we can go and like work together, like a, my co-working space at the time. Um, I got more into like working out. I just like did a lot of things kind of like for me. I feel like I spent my time in more productive ways, if that makes sense. Um, ultimately, Boston was just like not the city for me. I'm glad I did it. Like everything happens for a reason. But now that I'm here in New York, I'm like, this is where I'm supposed to be. I get that. I'm going to be there soon. So we'll have to hang oh out God. when I get to New York. I mean, not like, I mean, it's like tentative. Like I still work in the freaking burbs and I live in Philly, but I'm trying to get to New York and we'll get here. I, I want to know, so you went to college in Georgia and then just picked up and moved to Boston and now mm-hmm. you're in New York City. Like how, how do you not have like anxiety over moving and doing all that? Because the thought like I'm right now, I have an apartment in Philly, but I'm originally from the suburbs of New York and I'm like moving back home in two months, to, like save some money. And just like the thought of packing up stuff, moving, even going to a new city, like stresses me out so much. Like, how did you do it? Like you, yeah, your secrets. No, I've just always, I, I wish I could give more tips on that, but I've always been uh-huh. a very like, sure, I'll try it. Like, I just am like a yes person, I think. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be like, I'll try it. Not like I'll try anything once, but like, kind of like, like I was like, all right, I grew up, you know, in suburbs of like Long Island, whatever. And I was like, I want the big college experience. So I did that. And then I was like, all right, I need an internship. Like, all right, this one sounds pretty cool. Like I have to move. Sure. Um, and then wow. I guess Boston, it just like, Boston was kind of random. Boston was probably the most random out of all those things. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I knew it was in the Northeast. That company offered me a job either in Boston or in Austin, Texas. And I was like, I'm not going to Texas. Like, that is random for me. Yeah. Like, it's like, that's where I draw the line. So, but now I feel like where I am now, my, my life makes the most sense. You know, it's like I went to school in Georgia, but I'm from Long Island. And now I live in New York City. Like, I feel like that path makes sense. But everything else in between is like, like all over the place. <laughs> well, it's nice because it gives you friends in all areas. Anytime you go to visit, like any state, you have a friend you can text and be like, hey, like I'm totally. in town. Like I went to school in Ohio and that's the one thing I loved about it is now I have friends in like Chicago or friends in like Denver. So I always have like a place to go and visit, which is nice once COVID's over, but I don't know, it keeps it fun and, and exciting instead of having everyone on like one area. Definitely. I completely agree. I'm all for like trying new things, especially while we're young like this, like you have to be crazy, like take us, you know, do something different. Like I, I don't, I never want to live with regret. You know, I'd rather like look back and be like, that was so random. I did that. than be like, I wish I did that. Okay. I want to dive into a game and spice it up. Okay. So when you quit your job, you kind of brand yourself as like the CEO of quitting. And I know you made stickers for it and it was kind of fun. Like I was here for it. Um, so I kind of want to play a game of CEO. So we're going to go through this list of people and we're going to talk about what they're the CEO of like that's top of mind. Yes. Okay. So you, what are you the CEO of? Oh my gosh. I would say like being impulsive. Like I feel like like similar to the story here, like moving all over the place and like trying new things. Like I feel like I'm just like, sure, I'll do that. You know, like, well, <laughs> I, I'm just very CEO of being independent, CEO of being yes. impulsive. <laughs> My side slogan I like to say is like messy, but fun. Cause I'm like, life is fun, but like we have some messes along the way, but we, it's okay. Being messy can be so fun. Totally. I mean, 
especially like I said when we're at this age like who cares I feel like once I get to like 30 I'll like clean up my act but like for now who cares <laughs> that's exactly what I was saying like 30 I'm like that's where I draw the line I'm like okay then I'll get my shit together but until yeah. then whatever all right what about Danielle your co-host oh my gosh I would say like having it together like she she is like the CEO of like I feel like she always just like has her ducks in a row like she is um on track I'll say that Okay, what about your mom? Your mom's in a lot of YouTube videos of yours. Yes. And I feel like people love her. I always see them like hyping her up in your comments. So what's your mom the CEO of? Oh my gosh. I want to say confidence, but she's honestly CEO of like everything. I feel like she's just like one of those people who's like good at things. Like she's like cooks and she's good. She like teaches me. She is like a very knowledgeable person. Like she'll just teach me random things that I like don't know. And she's like my person I look up to in a work sense, even though we don't work in the same industry, which I think is great. But she's like my, uh, yeah, CEO of everything, my mom. <laughs> okay, and I'm pretty, so I was Instagram stalking you, and I'm pretty sure you have a brother, unless I you have do. a cousin with the same last name. Okay. What's <laughs> your brother the CEO of? <laughs> There's a 50-50 chance this could be her cousin, but we're just going to go for it. No, that's my brother. Yeah, he. we're like opposites. Like our personalities can kind of be similar, but he really, we are really opposites. I'm like the least athletic person ever, and he's playing like Division One lacrosse. I'm in college. Mm, a lax bro. My sister's a lax girl. We should set them up. We should. He's How a old is he? He, he has a, he's a long-term girlfriend, um, actually. Okay. Uh, he's, well, she has um, a boyfriend, but it's fine. Later in life, we'll make it happen. Yeah, later in life. I feel like in college, it's like every, it's all over the place. He, he's um, turning 19 in December. Okay, she's 21, but what's a two-year difference? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it should be the other way around because guys mature later than girls, but it's fine. Anyways, so what is he the CEO of? He's the CEO of a good time. I'll say that. But like, that's a good answer. Always, he's like, he's good about like making, it could be like a board, like family vacation, whatever. Like we could always like have a good time, you know? I want that. So I'm going to, I'm going to make this kind of awkward for two seconds. What do you think Victoria and I are the CEO of? You can either group us together or individually. Okay. And I know you just met us, so it's so hard, but I thought it could be you, kind that's of hard. <laughs> no, no. I feel like... I feel like Katie, you're CEO of like fun spontaneity as well. Like, I feel like I get that vibe from you that you're like, sure. Like whatever. Like, I feel like, you know what you want. You're, you're direct though. Like, you know what you want. Thank you. I like to think I'm direct. Yeah. Sometimes Victoria, to a I feel like you, I feel like you have your life together as well. Like I'm getting that vibe. Thank from you. you. You said like you have long-term boyfriend. Like, I feel like this is like a very, like, I feel like you're stable. Like CEO of being stable. Like, <laughs> like stability. This could not be more accurate. I appreciate I that. I know you're being nice, Brooke, but. No, like out of the, out of both of us, like I'm definitely like the crackhead and Victoria is like always like, okay, Katie, like, like this is how this happens. Like she is definitely very stable and like grounded. Oh my God. That is so funny. No, I get it. I'm here for like the light, like not that that was an insult on either end. That was actually both compliments, but I'm here for like a light jab. Like my friends and I like bully each other. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went to go tell my mom that someone just said that about me. Even my boyfriend, they'll be like, what? No, you're not but is that stable. Is true? I feel like that's a good, that's like a, like a. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. I, I feel like I am a bit, but you know, sometimes mentally I'm just like, no, not oh, I get it. Well, that's isn't it all of us right now? It's yeah, like, that's COVID. But anyway, Brooke, I went through your followers. So I'm going to talk about some of these famous people that you follow and what they're the CEO of. Okay. So okay. Franklin. Sophia? Yeah, I saw you follow Oh my you. gosh. I need to ask her. Yeah. Well, what do you, I need to ask you guys first, what are, what's your opinion on all the drama? Like whose, whose team are we on? Like, I need to hear it. Vicky, you go first. Cause we're opposing on this one. 
that we have complete opposite opinions. I don't think I'd budge to see Katie's opinion on this and she won't budge to see mine. I do not like Sophia. I listened to the podcast of hers. I think she's just complaining the whole time. So that's my opinion. What's yours? <laughs> I love Sophia. I'm team Sophia. I think, I think she's a feminist. I think she is a real, I think she just like has her shit together. Like yeah. she's worked in finance. She's worked with all men. I think her first episode where she talked about um, how she basically was like, Alex sold her soul, whatever. I just, I just aligned with Sophia's thoughts. What about you? Yeah. I honestly want the best for both of them. Like I will listen. You're so PC. <laughs> no, no, no. I will listen because I genuinely like will listen to both of their podcasts. Like I listened to Alex's like with Harry. Whatever. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with him now. Yes. And then I listened to, I haven't listened to Sophia's in a little bit, but like hers with like Milf Hunter and like whatever. So I'm very neutral in this and I don't like, I, I follow them both and I'm like, I don't know. I just want the best for both of them. So I, for Sophia, I will say CEO of Comeback because we thought that she was buried dead and she's really making a career for herself and she's gonna make a ton of money off the merch and everything. So I really, um, I can't even imagine, like, I think everyone's like, all right, peace, Sophia. It's like, the, the girl's probably still a millionaire and she'll be fine. Like they're both going to be okay. But Okay. But she was bullied off the internet though. That was really bad. Oh no. I think the whole situation was so shitty and obviously it was orchestrated. I don't think that just happened overnight. Like that yeah. was strategized by mm-hmm. whoever was involved. I'm okay, going to okay. end with Tasia from The Bachelor. Oh, I, I already said everything, but she's fantastic. CEO of beauty, grace, confidence, like literally everything. I feel like she just gives good vibes. Like oh, I love her. Don't you think her energy is so good? Like I feel like yes. she's, she's been, it's honestly, let's face it. Like it's, freaking awkward like some of these conversations when it's one-on-one and they have to like hold hands and walk over there and be like what's your name again like that is so awkward it is so weird mm-hmm. like, but she's handling it like a champ CEO being a champion <laughs> like and she's <laughs> the second choice and she's handling it so well and she should have been the original choice that was just a poor pick on bachelor's part but okay I love her energy it gives Same. me CEO, good energy Yes, definitely. I mean, especially because she's compared to Claire. Claire just seems like a crazy person. The fact that she's I just- know, she, another one, she's going to get bullied off the internet too. It's so yeah. bad. It's so, like, I, I haven't found one person that's like team Claire. You know what I mean? Like she's the, she's the bad guy in every narrative. Like it yeah. sucks. Her know, thoughts that she says bad. out, the thoughts she says out loud are definitely things I think, but I just don't say out loud. Like, I don't especially think I would call someone like, I want to have babies. Yeah, yeah. Or especially when you're like, he showed up, like, every five seconds. It's like, sis, like no one's ever showed up for me before. It's like, why? Like, I wonder why. Like, she makes such a special deal of it. It's, like, alarming. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, we need to do some therapy work here. She needed, she needed In a good way. She needed, no, she needed to go to therapy. She didn't need to go on The Bachelorette. That's a fact. Good, 100%. Good point. All right. Well, Brooke, we had you for an hour now and I'm so happy you came on. Our last question we have for you is what's your power move to how you got to where you are? Oh my gosh. I, for me, I'm not even going to say like, oh, the work, like whatever. I'm going to say like time, like putting in the time over the years. Um, For me, it wasn't an overnight process. It will never be an overnight process. It's not like I don't have like a viral story. Like even when things started picking up for me, it was like still slow growth and like it was growth on top of growth. You know what I mean? I haven't like had one of those stories where it's like I had one video get 2 million views and then I like I'm famous because I'm so hot or whatever. Like I'm not, I don't go for that angle. I go for the like, here's my life story. And like, if you want to pick up like on my journey, like we can go together. Um, so I would say give it time, you know, things don't happen overnight, which I know it's frustrating to hear, but years and years and years, and you'll look back and be like, glad you started. Definitely. Well, what I love about your channel is that you're so relatable. 
Like, I think there's all these girls who, you know, you see them full glam all the time and like they have this life that they're like, you know, this and that. And it's like, that's not relatable. Like people want to see someone that's relatable if they could see themselves like being friends. And I think you do such a good job at that. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. It's not even like, like, it's not intentional for me to try to be like, I want to be relatable, but like, that's just who I am. Like, I've always just been very like, I'll say it as it is. Like people will be like, wait, Brooke, why did you just said that? Like, that was so funny and random and weird. I'm like, yeah, like that's, and I think once I started like showing more of that on my YouTube channel, like that's when I saw the, like people found more of a connection with me than like, oh, here's this, an, another annoying YouTuber. It's like, no, she's a, like a real gal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she's a bra girl. She's a chill girl. <laughs> I guess I try. <laughs> so where can everyone follow you and all of your endeavors? So tell us all their YouTube where they can follow you, your Instagram, your podcast, all the above. Yes. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. I cannot thank you enough. This was so fun. Um, so I'm at Brooke Michio, M-I-C-C-I-O on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and then YouTube is Brooke Michio too, same spelling. And then my podcast is called Gals on the Go Podcast. And that's every Wednesday we do no, new episodes. So. Woo, so everyone go follow Brooke. Thank you so much again for coming on um, and listen to us at the Moral Hangover Podcast. We have new episodes every Monday. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>